You are now tuning in to Lex and RDDC Broadcast Station, serving up on the double doses for us all. Welcome back to the Real Double Dose Channel. This is your host, Lex, coming to you straight from the heart where the talk is real and the vibe is always live, like we always say. Thank you for tuning in, all of you from every channel and all the countries and all the cities that we see. Hundreds and hundreds of you because we appreciate your support and we love you. As always, you can reach us at Real Double Dose Channel at Yandex.com. That's Y-A-N. Dex.com and as well as real double dose channel.blogspot.com as well as our .com for any of the apparel that you have requested yourself and the free travel giveaways and the gift card giveaways you have already gotten. All of you who are on the live on demand and soon to be the downloads, we will have you ready to go. But don't forget from Blueberry, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, Spreaker.com, iHeart, iTunes, Deezer, Google Cast, SoundCloud, and so much more we can't even name. You can always check those out at the blog spot as well as the about me section and the guest experts that are there. Please do not hold back. So we have our next guest expert that is on here is Mr. Regan Forston. And a wonderful pleasure to be on here with him too. So it took Regan 47 years to find his true mission in life, following his inner guidance, you know, and has led Regan to most interesting life's journey. He went from being a door-to-door salesman to having his own successful real estate firm. Leaving that success, he became a professional clown, corporate comedian, fake motivational speaker. I like that. Ventriloquist, meme, and magician. After performing over 4,000 plus shows all over the world, he moved to Hollywood and became an actor. He also starred in over 30 short and independent films and had his bits and parts with extra work in many TV shows and major motion pictures and is still making a ripple effect in this universe right now. So how are you doing, Regan? I am doing fine, Lex. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, yeah, I forgot I sent you that uh, that thing. When I wrote that bio for you there, I, I, I hadn't really thought about it much uh, until I wrote it. And I went, boy, I've just been ping-ponged all over the place. And it just seems so natural because it happened a little at a time, you know? Yeah. Because uh, I know some people get it. They they get up, they, they get into some job, and they have that for 30, 40 years and do the same thing every day, come home, have a normal life. But... Uh, for whatever reason, God, God had me uh, ping ponging all over the place. You know, <laughs> I like that ping pong, ping pong. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, but it happens so naturally and so uh, you know, fluidity of my life. It just seemed like one thing just kind of led to the other. So as I you know went from one thing to the other, it just seemed to be a natural, like morphing into something else. Uh, even though I'd kind of go, what the heck's going on here? But I kind of just kind of go with this, uh, I call it my inner guidance, you know, like I'd get, uh, little miracle things would happen and I'd realize, okay, I'm, it feels weird, but I know I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And then I'd have some sort of adventure that would teach me something and then on to, on to the next thing. <laughs> So. Um, something like a phenomenon. There was a song about that. That's it. it was like a decade ago, but it was like something like a phenomenon. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, but yeah, it helps. I mean, uh, helps. You know, I tell you, life is actually awesome. I when I started a spiritual practice back in my twenties, that's when life started to become interesting. When I uh, when I realized that I'm more than just a body, you know, I realized that I I must have a purpose and I must have a mission, and and this this isn't all happenstance, you know. That uh, I've got a purpose here. Absolutely. <laughs> and, but it just slowly I was finding out what my purpose was. It just seemed to take years, you know, to really, really, really find uh, where all this was leading to, you know. Yeah, I mean, your whole life has been such a wonderful. I mean, to actually hear about it, like you said before. You have been through the woodworks of some wonderful ping-ponging 
uh, to like professional clown, corporate comedians. I mean, I mean, ventriloquist, me, a magician, everything. Like that is a yeah. whole lot. And and your life has led you to the point of where you're like we spoke about previously. To everyone who is tuning in now live. To those who are going to be downloading this later, we, Regan and I got a chance to speak and it was really just deep. And I love the flow of his life and his energy and all the missions that he's sharing out there for everyone to understand what's going on with them. So when, out of all the ping ponging that happened, um, you said 47 years to find your true mission in life. What did it feel like before those 47 years came into like effect? Well, it, at each stage of my life, as I would switch, you know, it's like God would lead me in a certain way and I would morph into something a little different and go this way and this way and that way. I always realized it was all about teaching me how to love more, you know, how to be a better person, how to be more kind and selfish and patient and uh, compassionate. Because everything that would happen, that would be the result, you know, like, like the, doing the clowning. I mean, gosh, doing thousands of, you know, little kids' birthday parties. I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I even, uh, I even did, uh, Barney and Batman and a Power Ranger for a while. Oh, wow. You know, it was, it was, uh, crazy and I was making a good living at it. I mean, I, I, uh, actually got up in the clown world where they asked me to teach at the University, University of Wisconsin, their summer clown program that they had for people that wanted to do clowning as a profession. Oh, wow. And the Univers University of Wisconsin, they sponsored a summer program, and I did that for there. And also the uh, Michigan State University uh, had a program similar, and I taught there for a while. And then I was a clown ambassador to America where we were trying to start an international clown community. We had we went uh, met in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, and uh, we had like eleven different countries there, and started an international kind of you know clown community kind of kind of thing. <laughs> so, like, how do I go from that? I mean, from being a real estate broker to being you know in a clown <laughs> ambassador, it's it was pretty weird. Yeah, you know, you know well, course, yeah. What is your zodiac? What is your zodiac? Let me get that. Oh, I'm uh, Aries. Okay, uh, so that's why. Okay, so you're April Aries or a late March Aries? No. Uh, well, let's see, I'm an Aries Tiger, April 3rd. So oh, that's why we understand that. each other. You, I'm an April 9th, okay? Oh, so okay. I'm like, so I, I, yes, other. I understand. I'm like, he sounds like my whole repertoire. Like, you, oh, my Lord, I met my twin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I know you were telling me some of your life, you know, about how you've been just ping-ponged all over the place, too. To, but, but but what we both, in our conversation, I think what we both realized is, uh, that every, you know, they say everything happens for, it's kind of a cliche, everything happens for a reason, but that is the way it is. It kind of yeah. does, you know. But you have such um, a wonderful journey because of it. Like, you're not afraid yeah. to, like, just go head in and experience yeah. that. People can't even like, a lot of people will be like, oh, you've actually been through all this stuff or all these things. I'm yeah. like, you don't even know. I'm only telling you 20% of it. Watch till I tell you the yeah. 80%. <laughs> they don't yeah. understand that. And at the same time, like, I know we didn't touch base on this when we were talking prior, but I really am. If you can get a chance to, and we can do some of our live. And that's right, people. We're going to be doing a, a, a kind of a face-to-face -face kind of, a, you know, little broadcast episode Regan's going to be breaking that in for RDDC. Okay. <laughs> we talked about that. But I want to know when we get a chance to have either future ones or whatever, the reincarnation. Reincarnation is real. And that is something that has really captivated yeah. me. I know it's like kind of bouncing to that right now, but I wanted to put that side note in your mind. 
So you know yeah. that I'm like hungry to know about that. I've been so into like understanding that further. Well, I'm surprised in like when I'm at a party, so my wife's a very one of the best uh, real estate agents in Marin County in San Francisco area here. And we, you know, we go to all these business parties or different things and people ask me what I do. And when it has to do with, with, you know, past lives and things like that, the conversation just goes on and on and on. And then more people and it's pretty soon. Everybody's, you know, no matter what their belief system is, they all are curious. Yeah. You know, like there seems to be an inner thing with people that they go, wow, this kind of makes sense when they understand what reincarnation is, you know. Uh Here's the thing that was me that made it really more believable. I had a Buddhist monk. I went to a a seven-day Buddhist retreat back about 20 years ago. And I had had a, with my eyes, we did meditation with eyes open, you know, open-eyed meditation. And on the sixth day, with my eyes wide open, I... I went somewhere. I mean, it was a life-changing experience for me. Like I said, experienced Nirvana or something like that. Yeah. Well, uh, when I when I came back and and was having a conversation with the uh, uh, with the master that was the Buddhist monk that was in charge of us there, he said, "I don't believe in reincarnation," and that kind of shook me. And he says, "No, I believe that we have one life with just many bodies." In other words, that was just a different. In other words, we do just have one life, but we just have ma- we have many bodies during that one life, you know, ah. like like and and that was a different a different perspective in a way because everybody thinks that we just start over each life, but it's really just a continuation of the one life that we have, you know, yeah, uh, like being an actor and you just take one role after another, you know, these guys in Hollywood, some of them do a comedy role and then they do a feature role and then they're the bad guy in one movie and then they're the good guy in another. Ah. And it's the same person, but they have all these different personalities and experiences. Like I tell people so, I wear many coats and many hats and they'll be like, what do you mean you wear many coats and many hats? Like, and I'm just like, well, at the same time, like I told them, when you go into a grocery store, you're a different person. When you go in to sit with your family, you're a different person. When you spend quiet time alone, yeah. you, when you're a parent, you're a different person. When you, you know, like everything you do is literally a whole nother life that you have because when someone else comes with you and they're like oh my god Regan you're so well known at this coffee shop oh whoa Regan you're you you know where the best apples and produce are like what's going on like you're a whole different Uh person well think think about it too if when you were 10 years old it's like it's like you have many lives within this current life even because you're you're totally not the same person that you were when you were ten years old. You're, because you've had more experience and you've learned more. So with reincarnation, it's just you know we just have so many years here. We learn something, and then the thing that it, it, the book that I, I actually I just published it last week, I guess, but it only as an ebook. I want to get it out as a regular book. But it was just a, a book on you know reincarnation is real, and it was about the current the, all the current information we have about it. Uh, it's like you just can't deny right now with all the information that's out there and all the, especially when uh, you hear about all these children that remember past lives and things. And these are children that remember their past lives. They're not in hypnosis, you know, because some people think, well, maybe hypnosis is making the mind do something weird and so it's not really real. But these children remember past lives. And the University of uh, Virginia has been studying this for 40 years. And they have uh, like 2,500 cases where they have where children have given them information and they've been able to follow up and and find that information to be true, you know. 
So it's like, you know, when, when, how much proof do you really need, you know, when you exactly. get this kind of thing? I mean, that's the um, whole understanding of it. That's being yeah. able to like, be speaking about the EFT, all that. Like, people don't, now maybe it's coming more into a light to where people can start understanding it's always been there, like, yeah. to that point. Well, I think that what bothers most people a lot of times, because we're in a, you know, a Christian country, and Christian is awesome, it's good, there's this, this, uh, one, one thing and I'll talk about a little bit when I had my experience where I was in heaven for over three hours is when asked about what's the right true path. And they just, one of the teachers or masters up there just said, it's the one you choose for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay, that makes it simple. This means <laughs> that when you come into this life, depending on what your mission is, you may need to follow a certain belief system to learn what you need to learn to accomplish your mission. So. You know, it just means that everything's good, you know, whether you're a Christian or, or Buddhist or just have a, you don't have any particular religion, but you're just a spiritual person. It just means that, you know, you found what you need, you know, to, uh, to, uh, you know, help you to live this life the way you need to live, uh, to live it, you know. Um, that was kind of cool. You know, I thought, well, <laughs> that makes it simple. That's it's whatever cool. one you yeah. choose, you know. So go find one you like and, and have fun at it, you know. But let the main thing is that I found out from the spiritual work I've been doing is that we have to leave everybody else to their own decisions to choose their path themselves, too, that you can't. You know, we can't say, oh, my, this is the, my, I like my path, so this is the one you should be on. You know, that's Absolutely. where the problems are with people sometimes. Yeah. People just feel that force. I mean, and that's why I think a lot of people don't have the understanding. Of some people get frustrated with other people because they might say their their wall is so highly built. And I'm like, I remember I wrote, like I read this quote that was on Instagram the other day. Someone has sent over and it was saying, your path to enlightenment is not being able to press it upon another, but for you to understand the path so they can understand theirs. And I was like, well, that's true because their whole, um, I think it was, I don't know, maybe it was a Buddhist monk who said the tree is different. And if you look at a tree from a billion different eyesights and mindsets, that tree is a billion different ways. Like it's, there's something different about that tree that a billion different eyes see, even though we see, we don't see one tree. Our reality is not one set reality. That's the truth. I mean, yeah. Did someone write a book one time? I think it was called. Many well, one river, many wells, or something, or it was the same thing that you know. They, there's all these different rivers that that flow into. They all go to the ocean, you know. But all these different rivers that come down, and and they all end up in the same place, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, so um, I don't. I I think that to me, I think you could be a, a a practicing Christian and believe in reincarnation, and it's like, okay, it's just. It's just more information you have. It makes life a little bit, I think, uh, a little easier. But, you know, of course, because of cultural conditioning and upbringing and, you know, when somebody uh, really starts believing in a certain path or faith, you know, it's really bad to try to say, oh, like all I do is just say, well, just think about this and check this out and, you know, kind of kind of uh, let you make up your own mind, you know, as far as what you, you think is real or not. I know it's real for me because I experienced it myself. So, and that's the, you know, who else needs, to, you know, I mean, that's the most important thing is what's for me. You know, I know I'm on the right path for myself. Yeah. So when I was like four years old, I had my, I went to sleep one night and then I, I woke up with, and I was on the ceiling looking down at my body. And here's a four-year-old that it's, it freaked me out because, you know, nobody's told me about this. And all of a sudden I'm wondering, I'm on the ceiling looking down, I see my body and I'm going like, 
it just scared me. I didn't even know what to think, really. You know, then I'd be back on my body, and I'd look at the ceiling, and I could see like an orb on the ceiling. And then I'd be on the ceiling, like I kept bouncing back and forth between being in my body and out of my body. And I, uh, yeah. when I got back on my body, I screamed, I jumped, and I ran into my dad, my mom and dad's room, and just like scared to, to death, you know. And my dad took me by the hand and took me in my room, and he showed me there's, put a broom under the bed so there's no ghost you know because he didn't know I, I didn't even tell him what happened he just figured I saw a ghost or something yeah. or was just scared or something <laughs> and so I became it started happening every night and I, I was so afraid to even go to sleep so one night I sat up in bed and I held my with my fingers I held my eyes open <laughs> there's a four-year-old <laughs> in the bed trying to keep from falling asleep but eventually my eyes closed and then when I opened my eyes I had two men were standing in my bedroom wow. and they they were all in white and I was not afraid at all. It was just a natural thing. It just like, you know, would not scare. It didn't, I mean, it was just like, here's these two beings in my room and it was just natural and normal. And they, I couldn't see their lips move, but I heard them talking or one, and one of them said to me, it's okay. It's okay. You can go to sleep. Everything's going to be okay. And it comforted me so much. I lay down. And I just fell asleep. And wow. then I never had to, never had that experience again until I was like 23 when I would have an occasional out-of-body kind of thing. But then I was more mature and more uh, able to handle that kind of thing and realize that everything was okay. And that's what started me on my search. Uh, you know, like you were telling me about what's happened, some things happened to you that got you on your search. Well, that was my, you know, my wake-up call when I was in my 20s, you know. So, yeah. So is I've that, always is known what, since I was young that I'm more than this body because I saw that I could be out of my body and still be aware of, of who I was and everything, even though I wasn't in that physical body, you know. So did it lead you uh, to more of a, like, did it get you to that point of where you had the three hours and 33 minutes past like that, that zone once you started that journey or how did that transition well, into that? I'm surprised it took me till I was 68 years old until I actually, uh, you know, had this experience. But it was I, I, I was, I was waking up a little bit at a time. And I guess maybe if it if it had happened 20 years ago, it just wasn't my time. I think everybody kind of has this experience when it's right or you know when it's their time or something. But um, you know. As you were finishing my bio there, what I ended up being after all that, you know, being a Hollywood actor and all that, and was um, when the uh, financial crisis of 2008 happened, I couldn't get hired anymore. Like, I, I was getting like $5,000 a show to do a comedy show for a corporation. They'd fly me in. I'd do a custom comedy show as a ventriloquist, you know, to to roast the company people and that was <laughs> it was fun I had my little dummy Andy was a, a cute little boy you know little uh -huh. guy and uh, he would be introduced as the new employee of the of the company and come out to give a speech on like what it's like to work for like you know Hershey's or I did oh gosh all <laughs> kinds of corp big corporate stuff and it was it, he would you know of course they introduce him as a person and then on stage comes this dummy you know so <laughs> then they realize oh this is a joke you know but Andy would talk about uh, about you know the company and that it would slip out that he was the he got hired there like you know well, how come they're hiring dummies here and he said well I'm the illegitimate son of the VP you know uh, <laughs> or something you know I love so that it was 
I, I, I got probably over 200 letters from uh, some of the big corporations in America saying it was the most fun they ever had or they never laughed so hard for so long because it was all about the comedy. It was all about them and what they did and the people in the company, you know. So uh, <laughs> but anyway, after this 2008 thing happened, uh, instead of 5,000 a show, I'm lucky to get 500 or even get booked. I couldn't even make a living anymore. Yeah. So. As a, uh, through a, a little spiritual thing that I get help once in a while, I was led to a, a hypnosis motivational institute and I thought I'd become a stage hypnotist because you could still, I had a talent agency for a while and I booked hypnotists uh, for a number of years and you could book them at the same club every week for months or years because, you know, it's they do the same routine but you have different people every week so the show's always different somehow, you know, so yeah. people would come back week after week. So I thought, okay, I could do that but something happened in hypnosis school that when I realized how the mind works and how, how easily manipulated the mind could be and how it could be changed if it's not working, how you can make changes and change your personality if you want it when you know what to do with the mind. And I realized I, I, I wanted to help people instead of making them quack like ducks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's, uh, you know, it was a spiritual thing. I thought, you know what, I'm going to help people. So, you know, then that led to, that I realized it, it hypnosis the Motivational Institute in Tarzana, that was down in LA. They had one session one night where a person was going to do past life regression with a whole group, uh, in other words, a, a group setting. Kind of like Dr. Weiss. If people are listening, they've probably heard of Dr. Brian Weiss. He's, he's kind of the leader in past oh, life yeah. regression in the world now. You know, he has a book out called Many Lives, Many Masters. It sold millions of copies. And anyway, he does group sessions sometimes where people sit in the audience and he just takes you you know, into a, a light trance, just getting you really, really relaxed. And then people have this experience. You know, not everybody in the audience, but a lot of them in the audience do, and they talk about what they saw and what they experienced afterwards. Well, when I did that, and I had to, I just, you know, had this experience where I was this, you know, Indian. I could feel the horse underneath me, and I'm on this cliff overlooking the ocean, and I had three other braves with me there, and I felt I was in my 40s, and I was happy as could be. And then, uh, he had us go to another, another, you know, had us go forward in our life a little bit. And I was jumping my horse over a little stream and there was a teepee there. And out of the little teepee came this little boy running to see me. I knew that was my son. And I recognized him as my girlfriend's son in this life, you know, who I did. I just recognized him. Oh, wow. And then out of the, out of the teepee came, my, the, you know, the, uh, my wife, I guess, you know, I said squat one time and I realized that that's, that's a negative. I never knew that, but that's a negative connotation, <laughs> you know, that I heard from the, you would know that, right? Yeah. You say squat. But I didn't know that. Like I said, that's, a, that's my, my yeah. not realizing what I was doing or something. And someone told me later and I went, oh my gosh, well, I'm not going to tell the story like that. But anyway, when she came out and it was, just, it was the woman that I was, uh, in, involved with at the time and I realized that it's just weird you just know it's like you see it and something in you said just recognizes like it's a different body but it's the same soul in that body and you and it's it, it's a weird thing but when you know it when you have that happen and you experience it you just know and nobody can tell you that it was just your imagination or something like that it's it goes deeper than that yeah, you know it does. and so you go hmm you know then, so I started doing that with some of my clients. I'd say, you know, I wanted to try it. I'd, I'd be helping them with uh, stopping smoking, losing weight at first, that sort of thing. And then I started having a lot of women come to me with um, had violence issues in their life and 
And uh, after we do some regular therapy, I would say, well, maybe this something comes from a past life. And, and a few of them were open to it. So we would uh, experiment. And boy, they went to a past life. And a lot of times we'd find connections between what was going on in that lifetime and their current lifetime. And they would go, oh, my God, that's why. Oh, my God. You know, they could see that their problems actually started in another lifetime. And they were continuing, you know, like the next chapter in that same problem in this lifetime. So, you know, with past life regression, it's not just a fun thing to do. It's actually very beneficial for a lot of people because yeah. it gives them a bigger a bigger picture of, of, of life, you know, about what's going on. But I still have, like when I do past life regression with people, I still have a few of them that are doing it just to try to prove whether it's true or not. And when I ask, when I ask them to you know, I said, okay, where are you? Is it daytime, nighttime? They're there. You know, you know, look down and, and are your, are you have masculine or feminine hands? And they'll, they'll, they'll be able to answer all these questions and they'll, they'll have all this experience. But then when I wake them up from hypnosis and they come out, they go, I think I just made all that up. <laughs> and I go, well, that's up to you to decide, you know. Yeah, so uh, if someone doesn't want to believe it, even if they have the experience, they still, there's doubts in there. But but um, I think I think when they think about it later on, they might they might open the door to where they might become more of a believer that hey maybe that was really real you know um, it baffles me because I look at the fact and I'm sitting here like and I know for all of the listeners out there like to me you you can't be here and look up at the sky and just see the sky looking at you and not say hey. I didn't create this, you know, or, or just know that you have dreams or know that your skin is being held onto your body and your blood is pumping and your lungs are going. And there's no work on our behalf to make that continue to go. You cannot be that closed off in the world to realize if you plant a seed in the ground, it grows apples. Like, or to be a little yeah. sperm and, and, and all of a sudden you're six foot three, 200 pounds. Like it, it's literally a miracle, insane beauty that our minds wrap around but then it's funny how we have this wall where we just put up this this is our reality we're stopping it right here even though everything doesn't really make sense to a human concept like it's crazy to me like it's you can't even see a, like a microscopic thing but all of a sudden it turns into this huge you know massive thing i'm like I yeah. <laughs> well, the thing that I find uh, it shocks people the most afterwards, they go, I couldn't have made that up, is because they're not expecting to be a different sex <laughs> in, yeah. in a past life. And especially with women, so many of my clients that I've that done the past life regression with, you should see the expression on their face when they're in trance. And then all of a sudden I say, okay, look down and what are you wearing? And, and this one woman, this it's just really pretty. Uh, you know, she's like, uh, oh gosh, in her forties, really, really kind of a, you know, a beautiful woman in this lifetime. And all of a sudden she looks down and she looks at her hands and she goes, I'm a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 she, and, and she, her, her, her eyes are closed and she's holding up her hands in front of her. Like, like she's in, in this other life seeing him. She's holding her hands up. They go, I'm a guy. I got these big fat hands, you know. And, <laughs> and uh, it, it, when she came out of it, you know, she goes, "That was just weird, Regan." She said, "I, I was this guy," and it, it, she said, "It was kind of cool." I, you know, I had these big muscles, and and uh, and she goes, "And I was married, and you know, I had a couple kids, and it's just, you know, when I watch people go through this day after day, 
uh, it, it every day it makes me more of a believer, even you know, because there's still that little part of me because of my condition, early conditioning, a little tiny whisper that says, "Is this really real?" Yeah. But now it's a it's about ninety nine percent of me goes, "Oh, come on, yeah," you know. Wow. Um, That's let me t- let me t- tell you an interesting case. This is a a mom and dad came to me because their daughter, a psychologist, knew about me and and referred him to me uh, because their daughter had had some issues that were bothering her ever since she was three years old. She she would tell her mom, says, "Mom, I was killed in the back seat of a car. A man stabbed me to death." And you know, the mom at first is like, "How's that three year old talking about being in the back seat of a car, being stabbed to death by a guy?" You know, and she's ten years old now, and it still bothers her some. And she's never changed her story. She still can see it and feel it. And so they brought her to me. So I had never done a, a 10-year-old before. It's always most of the people that come to me are like in their 40s, 50s, 60s, something like that. But I said, well, okay, let's uh, let's experiment here. And I said, I want you to be in on the session because I didn't want to, you know, in case some traumatic thing kind of happened. I wanted their mom and dad to be there. So they sat in on with me. And she went right into right into deep trance. I mean, it took about ten minutes to deep. She's in this other life, and she's this guy named George. <laughs> so here, oh, wow. here's this ten, ten year old talking about being a man named George, and he ended up. His wife was Veronica, I think. He had a couple of kids, and um, he went through this whole life, and it it just was the hair on my arms were standing up because it was so easy for her, and everything was so real to her. And when I had her go to a, a, a an important moment in her life, in her life, although it's George now, so I'm talking to a ten year old girl, but now I'm talking to George, who's this older seventy year old man. He was in bed and he was looking over, and his wife wasn't there. And I said, "What happened?" And he said, "My wife died." And this ten year old girl is starting to cry, like 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 missing his wife, you know, oh, wow. George's wife. It's, it's confusing. But anyway, he ended up living till he was 90. He died. His grandchildren were there when he passed away. And then I had him leave his body and he was at the funeral. You know, you got to see who was there and he felt comfortable to leave. And I said, well, let's, uh, let's just see if anybody's here that, you know, now to, to see you now that you're out of your body. So I had George turned around and there was his wife that had passed away 20 years ago to to welcome him to heaven, you know. And next to her was an angel, you know. Now George is describing that there's an angel there. So then I said, said, well, can we talk to, well, can the angel answer some questions for us? And, And George says, yes. And so we said, okay, George is now, it was actually, you're the same name as you have, Lex, uh, this young girl. And um, it said, in this lifetime, she believes that she was in a lifetime where she was stabbed in the backseat of a car. Is that really true? And the angel said, yes, that was true. And then she showed her, it was in uh, Europe in the uh, 19, late 40s. It was after World War II, late 40s. And here's this car. And uh, she was able to actually draw the car. And there, we found the model of it after after the session. We found what kind of model it was in the 40s there. But there was this man. And uh, he said, is it true that he stabbed her in the backseat of the car? I said, yes, you died in the backseat of the car. And we said, well, why did she have to go through that? And all the angels said to her, or this guide was, well, it was something that both of you needed to go through for you know, didn't really go into details or whatever. And she says, and then the angel says, this person who stabbed you in that lifetime is actually going to come into your current life 
later on in your life, but you don't have to be afraid or anything like that because he's coming back to make amends for what he did to you. So when I brought her out of the hypnosis, her eyes were a little teary and she, oh my gosh, she was a, I tell you, every time I think of this little 10 year old, she just makes my heart just, she was like an angel, this little girl just, just exuded compassion, love for a little 10 year old. I don't know how that was possible. She's very old soul in that little body. And we, I said, how do you feel about that now when you think about being stabbed? She says, it's okay. And he says, I don't feel afraid anymore. So uh, that was a, just an interesting experience of a child who, since three years old, had told her mom that, you know, she'd had this past life coming to me, uh, going through one past life and actually seeing herself in another life and then going from there, having an angel talk to her about that life where she was stabbed and then having immediate relief of the fear that she'd been carrying since she was young. So. Kind of a, a long wow. story there, but but it, that shows you what can kind of happen when when people experience a past life regression. I'm actually like envisioning everything that you're talking about. I kind of yeah, had to like get in my mind yeah. there. I was like seeing the car. I was seeing the stabbing take place. I was seeing like I, I'm I'm trying. To, you know, you, I mean, people have to go back to the roots of things, like where you have to visualize it. We just can't turn yeah. on YouTube all the time and get your answer. You have to literally see it for what it is. And I think about that because when you were speaking about that previously, I remember um, when I was sitting there, eh, I really didn't know what it was at the time before I transitioned into my new life, should I say. But I, I would sit, I, I would, it would only happen when I was on the edge of sitting on the edge of something, but I was sitting on the edge of the bed. It was always like the corner of the bed or the corner of a chair. And I would literally be able to like kind of open my eyes and trans out. And then it was like a different kind of transcendence where my eyes would completely close and I could like halfway have them open and I could tap into thousands of different like scenarios going on. And I would literally hear and see different people's conversations going on, like literally people talking. I mean, and they weren't even aware that I was sitting around them. Like, and I'm like, who are these people? Like, what are they talking? Like, how, why am I here being able to be a part of this? And now I kind of, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. People are like, yeah. oh, wow. I'm like, I, I could hear their conversations. I could hear a mother and daughter talking about something. I would go to another place. I could see something taking place. And I'm like, am I? And I'm thinking to myself, I could not transition myself to transcend myself to this random act going on. If I was going to do that, I would just probably be on the beach with Robert Pattinson from Twilight. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just saying. It wouldn't be to that point where I'm seeing that. So I'm like, no. I mean, a lot of things is people and, and, and quote, reality tells us to, oh, you're just making it up. Oh, it's this. It's not. We have to like get back into the intuition that we were given on our birthright of being yeah. these spiritual essences here in the flesh, living a human experience. And that's what people's problem is now. They, they rather go to, you know, basically HBO and have them tell them this is the reality. I tell people every movie you see, every book that's written has truth to it. So regardless of, oh, well, that's just a fiction. Well, no, not really, because it was in someone's imagination and it was put down for the creation of you reading it and knowing that these people actually exist. It's just in a, in a physical form, they haven't manifested to you yet. That's pretty much yeah. what it is. But in your mind, and I understood that when I started writing my uh, like uh, fantasy and sci-fi thrillers, different ones, um, I started getting to the point where I felt those beings calling me. Like uh, I felt like yeah. they were my children. And I'm like, is that how the creator feels with us? 
Like, I mean, literally, I'm like, and they had their own personalities, their whole thing. And it was more than an author, uh, author quote feeling. It was like, I was, I am their God. I am their creator of this, of this world. And I have my creator. And I was like, wow, like I felt that. And I still feel them like, Hey, we want to be born, make us exist. Like we want to come here. But yeah, I get you completely, Regan. I mean, on that whole level of what that girl went through. And I heard about some kids saying, different things too and so people were like oh that's not true oh you're okay you're just having bad nightmares but where would that kid come from to say hey i'm in the backseat getting stabbed to death like come on i mean people have to really get down there and think what is this little girl seeing yeah yeah that's deep. i know it, it's like um there's so many the, the thing that this it, it almost uh, overwhelms me sometimes is in doing all the spiritual work and you get a taste of like the three hours I spent in heaven and, uh, and now I want to go, actually I want to go back again, uh, which I plan to uh, when a lot of us therapists are getting together next March and then we work with each other, you know, because we're doing research right now on, on the afterlife and everything. And I, I have a lot more questions now, you know, it's like one question you get answered and it, it, it just opens up another question. You know, yeah. it's like there's just there's just so much to know. But the thing that I wanted on the show today to just really whoever's listening out there to them to realize is that, you know, we hear about near death experiences and we hear about people that uh, have had out of body experiences and that really intrigues us. And there's always a part of us that goes, God, I want to have one of those. Why can't I have one of those or something? But a lot of them go, well, I don't want to get in a bad car accident to, to do that. I'll just I'll just forget that for now, you know. But because of the uh, the Newton Institute that I work with as, as a facilitator, this process has been developed over 40 years as we have found a way to help the majority of people who come to us to get into a really, really deep state of relaxation. And then it seems that everybody has a, what I call a God switch in them. And when you're, it's, it's like a point where you're just about to fall asleep, but not, but you're still you're still awake, you know, like when you're going to sleep at night and you're starting to relax and you can hear the TV in the other room or something. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's morning. Well, we keep people right at that state where you're just about to fall asleep. And because we're talking to them, it keeps them from, you know, going and just falling asleep. And it seems to be that we're, I call it a God switch. I don't know if I just made up the term or what, but it, you'd be able to flip it and you go, you can go right to a past life. You can see yourself pass away. You can turn around and you can see your guide or angel who's there to take you to where you go in between lives. And this is like what a facilitator did with me. And the first time I tried it, because my mind is so analytical, I was not successful. But they worked with me for uh, the next day on clearing a little, some childhood trauma that I had. And then the next time that I did it, oh my God, it was like, <laughs> it was just like the doors just all opened up. And what's cool about this process is you're, you're, it's like you're have a split screen. Like you're totally aware that you're in hypnosis. You hear the facilitator talking to you. So you know that you're this person in this life now and this person's talking to you. But the other half of you is totally there and you're seeing and experiencing talking to people that have passed away. Like I got to see my dad and my mom, my brother who had all passed away. I went before a council of elders and I got asked, I had a whole list of questions I prepared ahead of time and I was able to ask them about, you know, what's my true life's mission? Am I on, am I on task? Uh, what can I do to do it better? And they just, they just like these coaches, they, they told me all this stuff. But the biggest thing that I got that I, in my, in my uh, a book that I did, that I published on it 
is on the way back from heaven, like I was above the earth looking down, and all of a sudden I'm on this cliff on this mountain, and I'm afraid to turn around, like I think that there's something scary behind me or something. But all of us, and the facilitator says, you know, well, you know, I could jump to safety in this one. The way it kind of happened, I said, no. I said, <laughs> I used the F word. I said, fuck oh, no, I'm going to turn around and face my fears. <laughs> it's funny because here I'm in heaven and I'm saying fuck, you know, so it surprised me. But it was, it was just what expressed the moment. So I turned around to face my fears and there was a line of people down this mountain serpentining as far down as I could see. And they were people that I had harmed in other lifetimes that were lined up to hug me and to forgive me for what I did to them. Oh, my God. Wow. And I'm almost like wanting to cry now thinking about it. It was okay. like, it, it was the most beautiful, like I've, I've been afraid to turn around my whole life. And finally, I had the guts to turn around. And it was just people wanted to hug me and forgive me. And I've been afraid, thinking it was some monster this whole time. And wow. I stayed, I stayed on there, it seemed like for hours. And, and people would whisper in my ear, they would say, I forgive you, and they would hug me. And the last one in line was a little girl, about nine or ten years old, with hair, long hair down to her waist, the most angelic smile. And she kind of reached up and hugged me, and she says, I forgive you. And she gave me this hug. And I, as Regan, because I'm aware that I'm this is happening on that other half side, I started bawling my eyes out thinking like, like, what the hell did I do to this poor little girl? Yeah. You know, what did I do to hurt her? Oh, my gosh. But then to feel that forgiveness, you know. So That's deep. That, yeah, I'm sorry. That's very deep. Yeah. Oh, that, that whole trip to heaven and back, just to have that one experience. I mean, I felt like when I came out of it, I felt like um, an elephant had been lifted off of me, you know. And I, I think it, what, what it was doing is God was preparing me to do this work that I'm doing to help others go there now. It was like kind of purifying me, letting me get my sins all taken care of and forgiveness so that I could be a clear channel to help other people have this experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was three hours thirty three minutes. <laughs> That's a, that was the title of the book. Of course, three hours thirty three wow. minutes in heaven. So um, uh, I want other people like now. I I, I I can't even do this enough. Although it's very very um, just after that just after that happened with forgiveness thing. I'm above the earth. I'm looking down again. And this Rebazar, he was my uh, the name of my uh, my guide. Uh, Rebazar, yeah, kind of interesting name and. As I'm seeing the earth, I'm just looking at how beautiful it is. It's just like in space there, and I'm getting closer and closer to it. And all of a sudden, my body started twitching, and I started feeling pain. And Rebazar says, wait. And he had me halt for a minute. And he says, what you're doing now is you're feeling the pain and suffering of the earth, the energy that's coming into you. And he says, are you sure you want to go down and be, the, be a therapist like you're doing to help other people do this? Because it's very, very difficult, you know, because you're around all people's energies all the time. And I said, yes. I said, yes, I'm sure I want to do this. And he says, okay, Regan. He says, if you're going to do this, there's four things you got to do. And then all of a sudden, in my mind's eye, he shows me a picture of, of a, you know, a, a sand a timer, you know, that's got sand oh, at yeah, the top yeah. that goes down to the bottom. Like the hourglass and, thing? Yeah. I, okay. What do you call those? I thought they're called hourglass. I remember them from hourglass. Days of Our Lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hourglass. It was an hourglass. And I could see myself having clients, and I could see the sand filling up in the top, but nothing was going into the bottom. And he says, look, because you have all this energy, positive and negative, that's going through Regan's physical body, 
if you don't find ways to let that sand go down to the bottom of the glass, he said, you'll get sick and you're going to die. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, he says, and I said, but I want to do this. And he says, okay, here's four things that you must do. And the first thing was is to do a spiritual exercise every day. You know, in other words, when I wake up in the morning, do a spiritual exercise to connect to the other side. And then he said, the next thing you do is spend more time in nature. And then as he's telling me this, I can see sand starting to go down to the bottom. And then he says, do as many random acts of kindness as you can. And then he showed me a vision of me picking up a piece of trash that's not mine as someone dropped on the ground in front of a 7-Eleven, you know. <laughs> and it wasn't mine, but I picked it up, put it in, you know, and I saw sand going down. And then he says, also talk to other therapists that are doing this kind of work and ask them how they, how do they center their body? How do they, how do they keep themselves centered, you know, so that you can handle this, this energy. And then he gave me a prayer to say, which for anybody listening, I think is maybe good for some of you out there. As you wake up in the morning, you say, bless this day and those I serve as I keep one foot in heaven and one foot planted firmly on earth to help me accomplish my mission. And so I do that every day when I wake up, you know, that's so beautiful. that's a great prayer, isn't it? That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like so, to be able to have that mission. Um, the thing is, is like uh, the Newton Institute now, there's 253, I think, of us trained therapists now. And we're in 40 countries. So um, wow. I think the United, the United States has about 50. So sometimes people have to travel a little ways to find one. But there's, you know, it used to be only Dr. Newton himself, and he had a, a three-year a three year waiting list. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know? So now, uh, because he started the Institute... Yeah, before he died, he started the Institute and, and just started training people and we're continually training new therapists, to, you know, probably about 20 or 30 more a year. Uh, so, wow. um, you know, people can have this experience and, um, and, you know, just help them, help them with their lives, you know. So if I could do it, anybody could do it, <laughs> you know, as I tell people. <laughs> Yeah. Ah, I love it. I mean, that, that is definitely what it is. And I mean, if you're tuned into the right things, I'm going to say this for those out there who say, well, how do we know we're letting the right energy in? I mean, some people go with the whole dragons and dungeons or, or devils and angels. But at the yeah, same time, yeah, I tell yeah. them, if you're in the right, if you're on the right path, like you said, you ask for the prayer and the blessing to be able yeah. to decipher that. I mean, you know, versus something saying, Hey, I, I just wanted to encourage you. You know, I'm the spirit of intuition that says go over there and, and rob an ice cream store. I hope you don't do that, people. But I'm just saying, <laughs> this is a disclaimer out here to all the thousands and thousands of ears that are listening that I'm not, we're not encouraging that. But what I'm saying, for example, is that it's different between someone saying, hey, why don't you go sit down and have a glass of water and see what happens? And then someone happens to sit by you who's really in dire need of someone just saying, hey, I really like that coat you have on it. The intuition on that level to elevate someone and never take away from something or someone else. Just being yeah. able to have that energy there. And, and it makes me want to do more of what you said, like one, one foot in heaven and one on planted on the earth. And I was like, you know, I need to do that even more. Cause even though I was manipulating energy after I didn't even realize what was going on with, I realized to the point it's very, very important for all those who want to be on that journey as well is to have at least that moment each day. That we set aside, even if it's for five minutes, even though I know the creator deserves a lot more than that. But if you can just say five minutes to connect and it, it will change the vibrational frequency and the, uh, the whole unfolding 
of everyone's it, journey. It does. It does. Like, um, I've read some other books, uh, a number of books, and they talk about the angels or the, the guides that are always watching over us. And the guides always say, we're always here. We're just waiting for you to acknowledge us. In other words, if so, if you just look up in this, look up a little bit and say, okay, God, guide, angel, whoever's around me, I'm here today and I'm listening. I know you're helping. You're here to help me. Absolutely. And, and that can, that can change, that can change everything just doing that. You know, because you start realizing you're not alone, that you, you always do have, uh, we, we did learn from all this that we've had 50,000 people do this now. So we talk about proof of reincarnation. I mean, we've had 50,000 people that have gone to a past life and then from there gone to where they go between lives and have that experience. And about, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I think a little bit, well, not great. Well, okay. I'm about 84% of my clients that come to me are successful in having this experience. So that pretty much means anybody could do this, you know? Yeah. That's um, great. Sometimes it takes a second session because some people are too, they, they got too much going on in their head the first time and they're too afraid that they're not going to, you know, so what I do with people is I say, okay, and the fee that I charge, I say, well, this, this is for one or two sessions. I say most people, about 60% of them, it's successful the very first time. And about another 25% are successful come back the second time. And then there's still always a few, you know, there's a few that just, for one reason or another, we can't, we can't get there. The blockage. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. Blo that blockade that's so prominently there that just keeps you stuffed in, you know, to where you just feel so on edge that you yeah. really, you really say you want to feel the freedom, but really deep inside you've blocked it up so hard. It's hard to let the freedom in. Yeah. And, and people get, I, I've had uh, two clients that have had physical, physical healings from just going there and coming back. Well, I had one young man come to me. He was averaging 26 seizures. He had 26, averaging 26 seizures a day where he would be, could be talking to somebody and then boom, he just out. He would just faint or be wherever he was. So he, he, this poor young man, he couldn't even have a life. He couldn't. He, it was hard for him to have a relationship or a job. Uh, so he's on disability, and um, they can't find anything wrong with him. So a, psycho a psychiatrist or, I mean, a doctor said, well, maybe go see if this is psychosomatic or maybe you had a trauma as a child that's causing all this to happen. So uh, he came to me, and just, I said, well, you know, if you're open to it, let's. Let's, uh, let's see if we could do this life between lives process for you and see if we can find out why you're having all these seizures. So, um, I, I, you know, because we probably don't have time, I'll go into his past life. It was very dramatic, his past life. He was actually, when he came out the other side to a past life, he was being nailed to a cross. And, oh, wow. uh, he ended, it ended up being he was one of Jesus's early followers that was, uh, crucified. Uh, but anyway. Wow. Um, when we were there, we, I asked this, uh, his guide that was with him, I forget the guide's name, but I said, can he go to a place of, uh, to get a physical healing or to rejuvenate? And the guide says, sure. So immediately he takes him, he's in this forest and there's this giant tree. He says it was so huge and it was emanating all of these colored, beautiful energies. He's just going, he's in trance, he's deep in trance and he's going, wow. <laughs> oh my God, this tree is so beautiful. And the guy told him to put his back against the tree. So he puts his back against the tree and he's enveloping all of this colored energy that's going through the body. And so I said to him, I said, uh, I'm going to call him a different name, but then his real name, but he said, Leo, uh, are you, are you, are you ready to move on? We can go to another place in heaven. And he goes, no, I want to stay here. <laughs> and so I said, okay, I'm just going to be quiet and you just experience that. You tell me when you're done. 
So about 10 minutes later, he says, okay, Regan, I'm ready to move on. Well, long story short, I talked to him a couple of weeks later, and he, he was only averaging three seizures a day instead of 26. So, wow. And he was constantly drawing pictures of this tree that he saw, and he sent me one of it. He says, I'm not an artist by any means, but, but he says, I can't stop drawing this tree with all this energy coming out. So that was that's that great. That's absolutely yeah. great. You know, I can yeah. only imagine how that would be. And I mean, honestly, if people start looking at it from this perspective of all those who are out there who all have questions, who all have things, we will have more parts to this as well. But think about the bloodline that we all share. Think about the earth and all the energy that we share. Everything is a shared mechanism on this universal property. So one drop of blood from your ancestors, past life moving on to yours from centuries and hundreds and hundreds of years, we have the channeling of that already in our physical and spiritual essence to experience lives and extra dimensions already because of what we are, what we are beyond who we are is exactly where we are. And people are like, oh my God. I'm like, no, because at the end of the day, if you want to believe a UFO just landed on top of the earth and that's fine for you to go over there and do that, you have to believe what we're capable of as spiritual beings having a human experience, you know? And ultimately that gentleman got a chance to have his 26 seizures brought down to three and hopefully it'll be none uh, to where he can have his life back, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, when I go back to Sacramento, because I, I travel a lot still, seeing clients. So uh, he's on my list uh, for the next time I go to uh, to that area, and he and I want to see if we can knock that down even further, or to just uh, you know find out what's going on. But he's uh, he is uh, stoked, <laughs> you know. He says, "Oh, this is so cool." But, yeah, I mean, shout out to you, Leo, aka for all intents and purposes, we are uh, ha- helping. And excited that you are on the mission to definitely overcoming all of these things that are going on. Is there anything that you want to, cause we're going to have Regan back, you guys, and a, a face value and audio value, whatever way you want to oh, say. That would be great. But I'd is love to there, talk about this absolutely. And people want to find out more that you guys can all go to www.visittheafterlife.com and as well as www.lifecoachcentral.com. That expert, but make sure you check out that visittheafterlife.com as well for Regan Forston out there getting things out there. But would you like to say a few words to those before we wrap up what's going on with all those who are tuning in and who will be downloading? Yeah, sure. Um, well, just everybody who's listening out there, just really start beginning to realize that you are so much more than you think you are. You're just like, you're, it's almost like instead of just being a grain of sand, you're all the sand. And when you start having that kind of perspective, you start looking at everything differently and life becomes a joy. No matter how hard many difficulties or challenges you have, you could be in the middle of the worst challenge and still have a joyful heart and mind and uh, realize that you have meaning and purpose. And uh, that's basically it. Well, for now, for now, Regan, for now, that's basically, at least with us, that's for now, people. Remember, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to like spiritually kidnap him and have him come come back. But if you guys want to check out more, there is I mean, Regan has a lot of things going on out there, and we're gonna have his bio, his information, his links, and everything out there on the real double dose channel dot blogspot dot com, as well as Phobia's Gone in One Hour, which is something I need for my spider and all kinds of things going on. Okay, I'm just gonna say, but just make sure you guys also check that uh, check out that three hours and 33 minutes book that's going on in there. Cause I'm, I'm definitely into 
also checking out the reincarnation is real and so much more. But I appreciate all of you who are on your live and on demand. We love you and we thank you for your time and, and energy. So remember to be the change, feel the passion, embrace the power of that wonderful spirit. Go over to realdoubledosechannel.blogspot.com to check that out. We appreciate your emails at channel at yandex.com. Don't forget to tap into that and check out all that is out there and www dot get you know what i'm saying what is the dot about the visit the afterlife.com come get Thank you, Lex. <laughs> yeah we appreciate that regan we appreciate you all we love you and we'll be back with you very 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 soon okay <laughs> Bye.